morning or maybe good evening or good afternoon my name is vivian aqua and i'm the workplace wellness advocate but also the nerd behind let's humanize the workplace and um, i'm so excited about today's interview because uh, we're dealing with a new normal and especially when it comes to employer branding there is so much that we can learn from the following guest speaker and there's so much that we can have you know there's so much that we can talk about but before I am going to introduce him. I'm just going to do some warm warm up, right? So for those of you who don't know me, Vivian Aqua, um, born and raised in Amsterdam. I'm currently broadcasting from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. I'm 40, turning, no, I'm turning 40 this year. And I am a proud mother of Orlando and also a partner of Jan. And um, I'm currently dealing with the new normal. So I'm going to bring up my screen so that I can share a few things with you. Please engage with this conversation and also let me know if you can hear me on LinkedIn because what I normally do is I normally check LinkedIn to see if I'm live and if you can hear everything well. And, and um, I'm currently apparently I'm live so I can hear everything well. And also note that if you have anything to ask Nate or anything to ask me, just type in your questions, share your stories and I will try to do a shout out in the meantime. Um, sharing is caring, so tag anyone you feel, you feel like should be watching this episode because it's going to be a very juicy episode. I wanted to address something, and that's something that has been bothering me for a while now. I've been hearing that people are being kidnapped uh, in Zoom calls, of Zoom calls not only for 30 minutes, not only for 45 minutes, but Zoom calls that last longer than one hour, maybe Zoom calls that last uh, two hours or sometimes three hours. And a lot of people are thinking that the way they used to have their meetings can be replaced by Zoom or can be replaced by video calling. And I want to um raise you know raise some awareness regarding the screens right now we are on our phones we are on our tablets we are um maybe watching tv but also know that when you're watching watching too many too many screens you will end up with a digital eye strain and i want to prevent that please don't plan back to back uh video calling and also try to uh, try to mix it up. Do a video call, do a phone call, and give the person a rest because they need to do their job as well. And uh, know that, you know, I don't want... Th the new normal that we are dealing with right now is something that a lot of people are not used to, even I, because I'm currently working from home with my partner and my child. Luckily, my son is six, so he understands a lot, but it's still, it's still a lot. And therefore, I also ask you to be mindful, to be mindful with, with the screens, to be mindful with the video calling, but also be mindful with planning all those meetings because is it necessary to have all these back-to-back -back meetings so that you can address whatever it is you want to address? So I definitely want to share something regarding this. So this was a research that, had, uh, that was done by Buffer and Angelist. And this was before Corona. So imagine what the percentages will be after the lockdown, because I assume that collaboration and communication and loneliness and not being able to be to unplug will go sky high. It will go sky high. So 
definitely be mindful of that. And because of that, I'm organizing a uh, webinar. It's it will be um, a Dutch webinar. Oh, I'm not I'm not showing you right now. It will be a Dutch webinar, but I'll show the link later. And I also wanted to share the lady who is responsible for the connection of uh, Nate. So I asked Courtney um, if she knew somebody regarding employer branding, and she told me that uh, I should definitely connect with Nate. So with no further ado, I'm going to bring him up and also going to introduce him properly. So Nate Gugia, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing <laughs> it right. That's it. Yeah. It's Guja, but uh, Guja. Okay. yeah, yeah. Don't Nate worry, you're not, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Guja leads brand marketing at Job Portraits, a creative studio that specializes in employer branding content. Based in San Francisco, that's where I lost my heart. I love the Golden Gate Bridge. Anyway, this is a side <laughs> note, but Job Portraits has special expertise writing for highly technical audiences in extremely competitive markets that help startups and talent teams hire fast welcome nate hey. are you excited i am i am it's good to be here thank you cool. so going back to how, how are things how is your current situation um it's i mean i think it's interesting <laughs> is like the best way to say it um mm -hmm. you know at times it's frustrating at times it kind of feels like it did before mm -hmm. um you know like being part of a fully remote team and working remote for a long time, that part of it hasn't been too much of a transition, but at the same time, like my son's home full time and mm -hmm. there's just like a lot of other expectations put on. And also with like limitations, it's pretty disruptive. Um, you know, and also too, like as an industry, I think like, we'll talk more about it, but like things are really mm -hmm. shifting in the industry that I work in, um, which is, I don't know. It's like, um, it's causing me us whatever to kind of like pause and take a step back and go like mm -hmm. oh let's look at like the current landscape here and like and see what transpires because there's like some serious problems that need to be solved and everything else below that is kind of like a nice to have and so mm -hmm. um i think like overall like i'm just really working to maintain like proper perspective of like what's super important right now um it just kind of keeps me in like in a good place and, and focused but um so Okay, and what do you do to? Uh, this is totally off script, but I'm yeah, curious sure. to hear what do you do to keep to maintain your zen? To maintain my zen, because I know that you're doing intermittent fasting. I've been reading. I've been doing. Have some you research. Wow! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> I like the research. Are you still doing that? I've been doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, I will talk about that new. <laughs> yeah, I, I will talk about that stuff all day. Um, Yes, I've been, I've done intermittent fasting for probably, mm -hmm. I don't know, seven, eight years. Um, I've, I, I eat a plant-based diet, but I have like, honestly, like I have no attachment to like the way that people actually eat as long as they eat consciously. Um, for me, it just works. I'm really into it. Um, I've been eating that way for like over 10 years, but um, I think like beyond that, it's like exercise for me is my thing. Um, it's, it's a non-negotiable on a daily basis. And when I say a non-negotiable, it's like about as close to like, to that as it can get, like, it's, it's necessary for like my mental health. Um, I make sure and I fit it in no matter what. I mean, it's, and my wife does a great job of what, what do you do? 
What kind uh, of exercise do you do? Yeah, so I do. Um, I'm I'm really fortunate. I live right below a really great trail system. Mm-hmm. So I trail run probably two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go to the gym, but like now I do. Um, I have like a ton of like body weight ex- like workouts that I do, um, mm-hmm. and I do yoga once a week. So mm-hmm. I I and oh and I and I go for like a long, a long like ride like cycle on the weekend mm-hmm. when I have more time. Mm-hmm. I'll usually ride for like hour and a half or two hours. So um, yeah, cool. cool. I move a lot. Cool. And the first question that I want to ask is, uh, what is your connection with humanizing the workplace? Yeah, that's a, I appreciate that question. It's something that we internally as a, as a company have been talking about a lot. Um, It's something we care about deeply as a company, regardless of like, like our external work, you know, sometimes like we, we do very tactical work, but internally Mm -hmm. we talk so much about company culture and like what it means to us. Um, and I think like they're now more than ever, like this human factor of work mm-hmm. is more important in what I mean by that is like, like to me, in my ideal world, work is a place where somebody can show up, where they can like fully express themselves, mm-hmm. where they can feel seen and heard, which I think like when it comes down to like the human element, understanding and knowing that somebody sees you and hears you it like it builds such a great connection and a level of trust um and it's it's easy for that to get missed um and i think like work work is a place where you can become a better person not just a better professional and it's Mm -hmm. easy to like to work on job skills you know or like want to like level up in your career. But I think like when you can find a place that allows you to become a better person, mm-hmm. um, the rest of it like falls into place. And, and also so, be reminded by, by de- developing your personal skills, right? De- yeah. Personal development. Yes. Yes. It is. Yeah. Um, and, and I love like, you know, before this all happened, um, a lot of companies, more progressive companies were like moving in that direction where like mm-hmm. they were, they were putting a lot more emphasis on EQ and they were doing like EQ mm-hmm. training and learning yeah. and development and things like that. Um, and I really hope that continues because um, I think it's more important. We need it more than ever now. We yeah. need it more than ever. Um, I have a, I just, re- I just re- remember, can I share a quick story? Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Is that okay? All right. Yeah, um, of course. So probably like five or yeah, probably six years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I started working for a company. This would be like the second time that I worked for the same company. Mm -hmm. I worked for them, took a break, worked for them again. Um, And before I got invited back to join the company again, I had gone through about two years of extremely challenging financial times. Mm -hmm. Like I I went from making the most money I ever had to making the least amount of money I ever had, like almost Mm -hmm. overnight and two years of just like complete struggle. which causes like a whole lot of like relational and personal and crap, right? Like it's it yeah. just, so I got invited back. So I jumped back into this company almost like, it was like riding a bike, right? It was like lightning fast. The company mm-hmm. had changed. Things took off extremely fast. And I went from being at this extremely low point to making more money in a month than I made the previous years. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like that dramatic, right? Um, I just say that for context to know like how much it shifted my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very appreciative person. Um, I express like 
appreciation for things and for people who like have an impact in my life. And I think it's really important to do. And it's just kind of naturally how I am. Mm -hmm. So like, I couldn't have been more appreciative of (laughs) appreciative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Uh, You're grateful. (laughs) Grateful uh, of of that opportunity because it it dramatically changed my life. Mm -hmm. And so I expressed that to the C uh, he was the COO. Um, and we're, it was a small company, but it was operated like very corporate, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I just expressed that to him in a Slack message about how grateful I was, whatever. So he calls me into his office Mm -hmm. and he tells me basically don't ever do that again. It it makes me think that you're full of crap. And I just like sat there for a moment. It was like, wow. Okay. So then like, I got it. And, and. I will never forget that because now I work in a place where we have weekly calls as a team. And part of mm-hmm. that weekly call is for us to go around and express gratitude. Mm, I and, I, and I swear every week, somebody mm-hmm. from the team expresses gratitude for the company that we have, for the culture that we have and for their job. Mm-hmm. And gratitude should be that. mandatory. It should be mandatory. Yeah. I, I think it just made him, feel very uncomfortable because yeah. he's not, he wasn't a very open, mm-hmm. vulnerable person. And so even something like me saying like, dude, like you've changed my life mm-hmm. was too much for him. And he came back with it. And I was like, man, I can't never like, that's just, that's just a, uh, that's not the kind of environment that like, I think anybody should work in. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, interesting yeah. to have that because uh, that's also um, in a way a good, uh, connection to the next question. Sure. Because does COVID-19 make an online employer branding more important than before? Um, okay. I don't think it necessarily makes it more important. I think it, okay. I think that, um, I just think the context of it has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and like, I can get into it now if you want about like mm-hmm. where, where yeah. I think like, like I said, like this industry is changing. It, it might have changed forever. We'll like mm-hmm. we'll see what what employer branding as an actual thing looks like when this is all said and done. Yeah. Um, but what I do feel is happening is that finally corporate branding and employer branding are kind of meeting in the middle in this place mm-hmm. where like they've needed to for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I think like anybody who's in the employer branding industry has been trying to like like scream that message. To companies and saying like they're ba- they're basically two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. but internally that's been there's been this big divide, right? So it's like mm-hmm. whoever's handling corporate branding and marketing usually sees employer branding as like a nice to have, not a need to have. Mm-hmm. But, but now, if you look at like buyer behavior and buyer like motivations, and you look at look investor behavior, right? Oh, investor yeah. behavior too, yeah. 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 And, you, and you look at candidates as well, like different things matter. And I think like everybody now is so like hyper conscious of the way that companies treat their people mm-hmm. that whether you're selling a product or you're selling a job, it matters the same to both of those people. Yeah. And like we're making decisions based off of those because we're hearing some really amazing stories and we're also hearing some pretty terrible stories yeah. and that sticks in our mind. That's just, I think it's just brand. It's, 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 it reminds me of a simple quote that Maya Angelou had is uh, people will forget 
people will always, I, I, I know the last sentence, people will always remember how you made them feel, especially now during this time in COVID. Yeah. It's very visible how companies are treating their people, which is also being shared on social media and on other news outlets, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about how, like, finally, this um, user-generated peer-to-peer mm -hmm. -peer sharing of like the world of work is finally happening. It's happening yeah. organically as yeah. a result of a crisis, right? And it's like mm -hmm. something that companies were always is trying it, to- Is it organically though? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess <laughs> you're right. Um, but it, but I think it's, I, I think what's happening is it's, I, what I mean by that is it's unprompted mm -hmm. by the, it's not like an initiative that a company is trying to force. Mm -hmm. um, instead, people are taking their own initiative to like want to talk and they're saying yeah. really good things or they're saying really bad things, but it's actually happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so- so getting back to like where I think employer branding is headed, I think like employer branding has always brought this like really human side of work, but it's been focused at a candidate. Mm -hmm. And I think like corporate branding and marketing has always had, has had this focus and rightly so of like building an emotional tie to a product. And I think like now that emotional tie is going to be connected to the human element. And so mm -hmm you're looking at like creating some extremely compelling content that can resonate with both audiences. So you're saying, because I, I think that I'm going to translate what you're saying, because I have that same feeling where I see there is a lot of, you know, money going towards recruiting and attracting people. But after six months, after seven months, or after a year or after two years, I'm like, I'm like where is the love? Because you need to, show some love towards your people yep. who are working to, for you. And the, the the examples that I see is it stops there. It stops at once the people are onboarded already, it's done. It's over and done. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, and um I think like what 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 you're speaking to is um there's a big internal comms piece mm -hmm. that I think is wrapped into this. Yes. Um it hasn't been as much of a focus for employer branding because usually employer branding is focused on the external. But I think mm -hmm. like right now, um, there's so many opportunities to repurpose content, to tell amazing stories and market mm -hmm. those internally to your, uh, to your employees to build yeah. this like connection. Mm -hmm. And I think like the thing that has drawn me and the, and the thing that I love most about employer branding in general is mm -hmm. just telling really great stories. I think yeah. like that's what it comes down to. And those stories, like I said, the context of those stories I think is changing a little bit. It's not about mm -hmm. just like highlighting like what one person is doing in their role so a candidate can picture that. It's about now highlight, highlighting like people and the way you treat people and mm -hmm. like unique policies you have and the way like leadership thinks and all this stuff. And like that, a lot of audiences care about that, but I think like nobody cares about it as much as your employees. I, I saw a really cool post of uh, a lady that I know and she shared uh, a funny question post um, Corona. Uh, one of the recruiters were asking, was asking, do you have any questions? And uh, the, the candidate was asking, what are your measurements um, during Corona? Because when you ask those questions towards the, the, the person that is interviewing you yeah. and they have, you know, excellent stories to share, that also raises some connection that they really take care of their people. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely.
Yeah, I, I do have a few people that were have comments. So Monique Arrington, shout out to you. Uh, she's saying, love this chat already. And Tammy Triolo, also shout out to you. She's saying, emotional tie to the human element is key. Thank you, ladies, for joining in the conversation. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What can companies do to attract and keep their talent during this COVID-19 lockdown? So here in the Netherlands, um, yeah. there are some companies firing the flexible workers, right? Even though the government does have some arrangement to, um, to help them, support them financially. And there are also uh, there is also a subsidy for the companies who uh, still need financial support for their uh, for their hires. So the, the people that are uh, fixed with them. Yeah. Um, how is it in the states? Yeah, uh, man. So um, you know we work like like you mentioned at the beginning. We work primarily in the high growth startup world, um, mm -hmm. like VC backed, primarily tech. Mm -hmm. um, and that space, there's still there's still a number of companies hiring almost at scale like they were before because mm -hmm. they're in they're in industries or they're in like areas that are a little bit more isolated. Mm -hmm. um, like we have clients that we're working with, and it's I mean, yes, things are disruptive, but like they're very much still in the game. Um, yeah. but then Which there's is a positive thing to, to see though, because I, I personally thought that no company would hire because they would lock down all their finances yeah. due to yeah. this situation. Yeah. Um, and then there are some companies right now who are just pausing hiring. Mm -hmm. um, they're not doing any mass layoffs. They're just saying like, okay, let's like, let's play it conservative right now. Yeah. And which I really appreciate. I think that's a really great move. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's, there's a number of startups who um, are doing a large number of layoffs um, quickly. And those are the stories that I don't like to hear. Like I, I yeah. the, the thing I need to be careful about um, is I can't ever imagine what it would be like to be one of those founders mm -hmm. who has to answer to a board who has that amount of res like responsibility and pressure on them. Mm -hmm. That's just like a world that I can't put myself in. I mean, no. and so like, I'm not judging that by any means. I think mm -hmm. it's about the behavior that and the way they go about it, the way yeah. they go about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and there, there's, you know, but, um, I think like, so, so if we're looking at like almost two camps, right? Like, like mm -hmm. if we were to talk like a couple months ago, mm -hmm. basically like the world that I operate in, everybody's hiring and they're all hiring the same kind of people. But mm -hmm. now there's a handful who are hiring and then a whole bunch who aren't, yeah. right? And so I think it's about <laughs> the companies who are still hiring, they're going to see, or they probably have a, a big increase in volume. Yeah. And, and when you see a big increase in volume, you're going to see a big decrease in quality. It's yeah. just like they go hand in hand. Um, yeah. And so I think like when it comes to attracting and if you're still hiring, the the ability to attract and repel your ideal candidate and create like top of the funnel filters through employer branding content is so mm -hmm. important right now because yeah. you have to equip your recruiters and and filter for them so they can have really productive conversations yeah. instead of like dealing with this massive volume. Now, if you're if you're on pause, now now we're talking about retention and we're talking mm -hmm. about some of the things that we just previously talked about. Um, where like it's about taking care of your people yeah. and it's about 
telling really great stories internally, having really great internal communications and like leadership stepping up and, and making people feel secure. Yeah. That that's what, and that's like the retention factor, but like, there's a big, there's, there's camps now, <laughs> instead of it being like one big camp that everybody was living in, it's like, you're either hiring or you're not, but there's definitely. I also, I also wanted to add on something to your, um, to what you're sharing, because I've seen in the Netherlands, I can't see you globally, but I've seen in the Netherlands that candidates are being held hostage doing multiple interviews, hours, like two hours, three hours, five hours, just for one job. And I'm just like, okay, but isn't there an efficient way to do that? Isn't there an efficient way to do the testing, to do the assessments and know that also they are dealing with a new normal, right? You're dealing with a new normal, they are dealing with a new normal. Yeah. And try to, to ask for feedback, what works, what doesn't work so that you can always um, adjust things, adjust the processes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you're right. I mean, that's a really great point. Um, mm -hmm. and I think like for companies, so for companies like hiring, mm -hmm. their, their bandwidth is extremely limited right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Most talent teams are dealing with limited bandwidth to begin yeah. with, especially mm -hmm. if you're at a growth stage company, it's like your hair on fire all the time. And like, yeah. you barely <laughs> have time to think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so if you, if you're still hiring, you're still in that camp mm -hmm. and you're basically like evaluating processes in real time. And I think that feedback or somebody having some oversight over that to like go, okay, here are some things we need to fix quickly. Mm -hmm. It's super important. I know that's easier said than done. Um, but on the other side of it, for companies who are paused right now, this is a wonderful time to really double down on strategy. I've always been like really high on execution, low strategy. I think that's just the way that startups move. And I, that's the way that I think like employer branding should you, operate. Uh, I'm going to ask you to repeat that because I think oh. that's a very important uh, thing that you're saying. So that, what what is it about strategy? What is it that we need to do at the moment right now? Yeah, so for teams who actually now have time, mm -hmm. they've like recouped some bandwidth. Mm -hmm. um, now is the time to like to look at hiring their processes yes. to like to look at like what's being done poorly um, mm -hmm. to restructure it to create a really amazing candidate experience now is the time that they can finally create all the content that they wanted to they can like test it internally first mm -hmm. um, and they can start like building up brand assets and i consider candidate experience very much yeah. a brand a brand asset building up these like brand assets because we're going to come out of this and when we come out of this they, they can, can come hit, out stronger yeah you can yeah, like hit the ground running because yeah. you've put in like all this work and so i think like mm -hmm. now is the best time for people to like really look at that stuff strategically mm -hmm. um because you, you just won't have the time when yeah. it comes when we come out of it and it'll just get put by the wayside so Okay, I read something about the employer brand Kool-Aid, and I know that Kool-Aid is some kind of a lemonade, but I'm I'm not oh, fond of it. Maybe it's an American um, term. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know the Kool-Aid, I know the Kool-Aid, but um, why is it that you're refusing to drink this, and what's wrong with it? Oh yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, like when you drink when you drink your own Kool-Aid, it means like you're just you kind of have like your blinders on, and like you're mm -hmm. just like you're caught up in your own stuff and you think it's all wonderful, right? Mm, um, some some important people in your countries do that. So I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, 
I, I think it's really important, regardless of whatever industry you're in, to like not yeah. to not drink the Kool Aid because if you do, mm-hmm. um, you you'll just have blinders on and and you won't see like kind of the reality of it. And yeah. so, I I'm very careful to not do that with employer branding. Um, employer, here's the thing: like employer branding, candidate experience, all this kind of stuff. These like these are very agreeable terms. Mm-hmm. You could like present it in a way where people in general will go like, yes, that makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But like the reality of it is, is like employer branding isn't going to solve all your problems. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not the, the, the like magic the bullet holy grail. Yeah. for like talent acquisition. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's not what it is, is it's a compliment and it's a, it's an enabler to do it better. And it's a long-term play to move a talent team and a culture, um, I think like more in the directions that you want, like a talent team can, can become more marketers than salespeople because there's mm-hmm. brand recognition. A culture can be more collaborative and united and connected because you're promoting things internally. Um, but like, I think I, I always want to be careful to not position employer branding as like, this is going to solve all of your problems mm-hmm. because it's not going to solve all your problems. It's a piece of it. And like right now, I've never felt stronger about that because we're dealing with something that is so much bigger and so much more important than anything any of us do. Like mm-hmm. to, to, to think that like a problem that I'm solving or a problem that anybody is solving is more important than the number one problem that the world is solving is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And like everything else is a nice to have right now. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and um, so anyway, that's kind of like, I just like, always check, try to check myself against that and go like, all right, like, let's like, let's be practical, you know, about mm-hmm. all of this stuff, even in good times. Like, it's just kind of the way I roll with it. Okay. And then the next question, why, uh, can you share why you believe that the blind spot at founder level will kill the employer branding of a company? I saw that in the post you should yeah. recently shared. Yeah. Uh, why did you feel the need to share that? Yeah, um, because I think that founders ca- founders can fall into two camps. One, it could be mm-hmm. like product revenue focused. Um, then you have some founders who are very people centric, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not fo- like I. I don't think either one is good or bad. I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of the direction that founders can go. Um, but when you can get too caught up in either one of those worlds, but especially in like the, the product revenue focused world, that's where you see extremely high growth. Um, at the cost of people. At the cost of people, because mm-hmm. I've, I've had a lot of conversations with people leaders who work at companies who have grown extremely fast, quickly, and they, and they look up after a couple of years and go like, whoa, this isn't the company that we were yeah. to begin with, who are we now? And they go through this like identity crisis period. Um, and that's just a result of like putting focus on other things. And I think like, um, so if you have like those blinders on at the top, it's just mm-hmm. naturally gonna trickle down. And I think there's some founders who do a wonderful job of balancing like the reality of growing a business and needing mm-hmm. to have like a wonderful like product and revenue and satisfy investors and all that kind of stuff. But they also see that like, people first is like an actual business strategy. But and, yeah. Is it is it also that 
the founders that you were talking about or warning us about, um, are they creating an unsafe environment where people can be honest and help them and give feedback so that they can excel from that? Wait, are they creating a safe environment for that? Unsafe, uh, unsafe. unsafe, yeah. By by neglecting the people side of things? Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, yeah, I mean, like an unsafe, when I, when I think of unsafe, I think of like a place where somebody can't feel, where they can't feel, how about that? Like, like I can just leave it yeah. at that. And like, yeah. Yeah. you know, where, where they have to like be a version of themselves yeah. because they have to like check a box, like those types of things. Like, you know, at the beginning, you can come into a company as like a new employee and you're jazzed about like all the stuff, right? Yeah. Especially like at startups, like it's just like, whoa, this is like a cool world and like all this, you know, but then but like six I, months it wears off. Right. That's the thing <laughs> where like now all of a sudden you start shifting as a professional and like you want to express this other side of you and that's being like more held back. Yeah. Um, that just takes its toll, I think. Yeah. Um, but there are companies who do a wonderful job at like balancing the two. And I think that's like where the magic happens because both have to happen. Yeah. You can't just be like one or the other. And also you're mentioning that it will take a toll, but then again, um, we are dealing with a new normal. And uh, I also wanted to, it's weird that I have to make this prediction. And also it's weird that I feel um, angry and sad about to make this prediction, but I, I can sense the burnout rates will be sky high within a few months um, and people, let's say that if you were a person, an employee or a coworker who was already not being themselves, so not being that full potential or not showing your full potential because you felt like it's an unsafe environment where you could be yourself, dealing with this new normal will, can only trigger more uh, negative uh, emotions. Yeah. No, it really, yeah, it can't. I mean, there's just a lot more we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, it's interesting to see like how I've, when the world was like in the previous world. <laughs> which which world previously before tw like, 2020? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So like before this crisis, like yeah. for, for me personally, I would look at like some aspects of like work. Mm -hmm. And that would be like a big source of stress for me. Like, yeah. oh, like I'm overwhelmed. I'm so busy, whatever, you know, like just being like me. And then, but like now compared to like what I'm going to call real life, mm -hmm. yes. work is like an, like, yeah. it's an escape. Like, yeah. I mean, and because like, I love what I do mm -hmm. and it's a place for me to like come and like do my thing. But like mm -hmm. when I get off this call, like I'm going back to a five-year-old who's, <laughs> Bouncing off the walls with the puppy and like all that kind of stuff. Like that's a lot. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and there's like financial stuff that that people are dealing with, and like mm -hmm. it, it's there's a lot of weight right now. Yeah, and imagine that because I uh, imagine that you know you have a loving family, but there are also a lot of people dealing with situations where they don't have a loving environment. Kids or maybe the partners or the spouses. We also have to be mindful about that because here in the Netherlands, we have a uh, a national child telephone where kids can call so that they can share 
Oh. Uh, the struggles and the challenges they have at home because now they, they're safe haven like school or like uh, other places like uh, exercise. It's gone now. And yeah. it was booming. It was really booming. So be mindful of each other and uh, try to count to 10. I've done that a couple of times or maybe 200 because <laughs> this situation is different. Yeah. 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 This question, I I think I saw that on your, also I was, like I said, I was doing my research and yeah. uh, why do you think now, why is it now the best time to work on culture branding? Yeah, this is like kind of going back to what I was saying before. I think um, the, the importance being placed on company mm -hmm. culture, I think it, it's always been extremely important. Mm -hmm. um, and for a lot of companies, it's been a great talking point. Yeah. But like now it's, it, it's like evident how much of a difference maker it really is. And um, companies who've done a really great job, they need to tell more of those stories. And I think like employer branding actually is culture branding. I think you're, yeah. you're branding the culture, you're marketing mm -hmm. culture to the outside world. Um, I can't remember who said that. It's not my quote, um, mm -hmm. but it's a wonderful quote. And um, that's what I think it's all about right now. Yeah. And like there's companies, I, I talk like a lot about Patagonia. I'm a big fan of Patagonia. I think they do, they have wonderful products. Um, and, but at the same time, they do a wonderful job of marketing their culture to mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. Um, you know what they stand for, you know, their belief system, their values, how they treat their employees. They have mm -hmm. some like extremely creative people policies. But not, not, I'm not discrediting <laughs> uh, Patagonia, but it yeah. did remind me of a company and a person that I had um, put on a highly plateau. Yeah. Um, I was admiring that person. He had um, a, a plane company. He was talking about putting your people first so that they can put your clients first. I think you heard the story about Richard Branson. What do you think about him now? Seeing and knowing what he recently shared and said. Where I don't think I, I even know the story. Oh, the story is he was one of the first person who said he's going to fire the people once uh, once Corona came out, he was mm. one of the first person who said, I have to fire people. Mm. Um, okay. Um, it changed my perspective and it changed my view regarding him and regarding the brand and also regarding every quote he was sharing that you put your people first. It didn't apply anymore. Is he it could easily sell one of his islands to keep <sighs> to maintain? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm, um, yeah. <sighs> Again, like, so maybe, I'm, maybe I should put it in a different perspective. Yeah. Did you see a company that you um, used as a good example, great example, but due to the fact during the new normal, they have shown that they're different true color? Uh, I read, yeah. Sure, I'll call them out. <laughs> I was gonna like, I was gonna not do it. Um, mm -hmm. I read this article about, um, I think it's Bird, Bird Scooters. Mm -hmm. um, super hot startup, I think in LA, you know, they're like the, you know who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I heard a story, I heard a story, um, I, was reading, I was reading this New York Times article about startups mm -hmm. 
who are going down. Um, and the way that they handled their, their firing mm-hmm. was like pretty cowardly in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was basically like putting a hundred people on a conference call and firing them. And from what the article said, all the senior leadership had their, had their video off to, to protect like their privacy. Um, which that's pretty, that's pretty rough. I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, weird, hap- weird things happening on zoom calls, but this, this, this is, yeah, um, this is not human anymore. Yeah. And, and like, again, it's like, I'm not, I'm not at all judging decisions, tough decisions that companies have to make right now. Yeah, but what about the one-on-one? What about, you know, That's having what I that mean. one-on-one conversation yeah. where you keep the humanity intact because know that a lot of people are going to mourn their job loss. They have to mourn yeah. their job loss, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Like the, the behavior part of it is the mm-hmm. part that like, that I'm, I have trouble with. Now on the flip side, like I've heard, I heard a story about Airbnb, Airbnb, like, well, Airbnb, I just read right before we jumped on. They just, mm-hmm. ra- they just raised like a billion dollars, but um, wow, like they just got this oh. huge infusion of cash. But, but, um, staying, but people are not allowed to stay in other people's places. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know too much. I haven't had, like read into it, but like, but what I was going to say was um, yeah. I, I did hear about their senior leadership taking big pay cuts and mm-hmm. they were holding That's back positive. 800 million. Yeah. They were like reserving yeah. like $800 million in like digital ad spend right now to like yeah. increase runway stuff like that. Like that's yeah. the, um, I like to hear stories like that. Yeah. And um, I also, we, before we were online, we were talking about, you know, the mental health aspect. And I do want to give Starbucks a shout out, at least Starbucks in the U S even though they are globally, I noticed that Starbucks in the U S is supporting um the staff members but not only the staff members but also their family members to at least go to counseling or mental have mental health counseling for i think 20 times so that uh because they know what what will happen and other companies should follow because regarding this uh situation anxiety stress depression it will be much worse if you don't act up now as a company and at least reserve some money aside for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll disagree. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, because you, I, you, you have been a remote worker for a while now, but still this situation is new to you. It is. Um, it's new. I mean, it's new, like, as an industry, it's new mm-hmm. for our business. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's not like, I mean, just because like I've been working remote for a long time and we're mm-hmm. a fully remote team, like all of that kind of stuff is like in place, right? Yeah. But like everything else has changed. And yeah. um, so, I mean, like even as a company, like we're we're rethinking some of the things that like we might be doing, mm-hmm. um, but we're also being extremely patient to see like what, the market needs and like mm-hmm. right now it's like too early. Like I can't predict what the market needs. I have some like inclinations about the way the industry is going, but the, mm-hmm. to say that like, I would know, like, I don't know. I don't think it, nobody knows. Um, I just, have what, some ideas. what, what do you predict after this, after uh, post Corona? So the good things and the, the bad side name, name a few pluses and a few minuses regarding okay. this. Yeah. Um, pluses, 
oh, this is what I really hope. Um, I really hope that companies see remote work as mm -hmm. like as like a must-have. Um, and or at I least have the flexibility to have the option to to yes. work remotely from time to time, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I don't want it. I want companies. Yes. How about that? To like embrace flexibility mm -hmm. um, and yeah. to have like processes and systems in place to help those people thrive. I know that there, there's some people like me who thrive in a remote environment because of my mm -hmm. personality. And there's some people who need to be in an office, but I think companies can, you can, not, uh, can I not work with you in an office or <laughs> me? Are you, why is it because of your personality? Oh, because, um, <laughs> so like, uh, so I, I'm, I'm actually like pretty introverted. Mm -hmm. I um I do not like distractions. Mm -hmm. Um I do not get lonely at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I am like from I no, I'm not kidding like basically from the time I get up I am like yeah. get stuff done all the time and it's okay. like, but at the same time that's hard on like my mental health which I've been mm -hmm. like, I've spoken about but like be me being in my my own little environment. Mm -hmm. It works I, for you. If it works for you, then it works that's for the you. Thing. Right? That's what yeah. and I yeah, like I always try to like to like really like make that point that like mm -hmm. it works for me because of me. Mm -hmm. It's not transferable to everybody. And I think like creating now that we're talking openly about this, like creating an environment where people can can work in a in a place that they will thrive, whether mm -hmm. that means like they're working by themselves in a garage, like I am, or they're mm -hmm. working in like a collaborative office, whatever. I think like having setting people up for like ultimate success instead of like putting no. them in a box and saying like, this is what you have to do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, so that's like one, one thing that I, I really hope comes out of this um, on the, on the employer branding front. I think, um, I think that this has blown the doors off of, um, creative boundaries mm -hmm. to employer branding. Like, I don't know if you saw Facebook's, the video Facebook put out about, um, I think it's called Never Alone or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Um, I've never seen, if I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'll definitely go look for it. Yeah. Check it out. Um, yeah. That is employer branding. That is corporate branding. That is mm -hmm. like, that's just like emotional connection. And I think like employer branding now, like there's no limits to the creativity yeah. before you, you might've had to play it conservative and all that, but like, it's like, you can really run with some cool stuff and tell some amazing stories, which mm -hmm. that's, that's what I'm excited about. And I, and also to this whole like kick I'm on right now about like people first being like a real business strategy. It's like, it's become clear that, yeah. that, that it actually, is and I think like companies will take note. Um, now on the negative side, um, I think your point about burnout um, mm -hmm. is one of, is one of those things. And I think like just overall like the mental health side of of what people are going through right now, um, like myself included, is just we're just dealing with so much right now. And mm -hmm. I think like um, we need to be there for each other as friends, as colleagues, whatever, yeah. and like kind of put some of the other stuff aside and, and realize that like everything's not about work right now. Yeah. Um, and, and also like, not being able to work in the same pace as you used to, right? Before no, yeah. uh, this happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, like my team, like we're very connected. 
and we reach out to each other throughout the day on Slack and just check in with each other. And sometimes we'll just jump on like a one-on-one -on -one call to just like talk and mm -hmm. vent and do, yeah. you know, and just be people. And I think like that kind of stuff, we need a release valve right now. And that yeah. release valve can't just be our family because we can't yeah. just take all of our crap out on our family. Um, yeah. We need some people like, and I think that will help like ease some of this pressure. And also, I also wanted to share that um, a lot comes to, uh, managers have to deal with a lot, but managers also need a support system and the support system need a support system. So that's why I really want to emphasize on be as human as you can and also share that you are, you know, that you're dealing with your own challenges, but at least find somebody, a counterbody or accountability partners so that you can vent or that you can share whatever you're dealing with. Why? Because after today, after Corona, the stigma regarding mental health, there will be no stigma mm, because right. everybody has dealt with a minor situation or a, a major situation when it comes to mental health. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, thank you for saying that. Yeah. No, everybody's dealing with this new normal that, that we're currently facing. Everybody will be affected with their mental health. And to be honest, I am as well. I have, you know, I have my, 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 my tips or my things that I do. I try after this, I'm going to log out and spend some time in my sauna. Oh, and nice. that's that's for me that's my way to have some me time or relaxation time but i try to minimize my online engagement because i can't i can't be anywhere everywhere and be a teacher and be a friend and be this and be that but i do love doing these interviews though yeah it's <laughs> yeah it's super fun uh, so the last question that i have and now i won't kidnap you longer any longer yeah. um can you share your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and employer branding? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I want, I think work needs to be a place where people can grow mm -hmm. uh, just to grow as people. Um, I think work needs to be a place where people can solve really interesting problems and not be just confined to like a role description. Um, and yeah, I like, I want to see work moving in this direction of like collaborative problem solving and not just like checking the box of like a the nine to five or yeah. working 60 hours just to be there, be present. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like if you're, if you as an organization and whether you as an organization or you as a team, if we're talking about bigger companies, mm -hmm. um, if you just break it down, um, to like microculture, um, if you're focused on what problems you're solving and then recruiting the people to come together to solve that problem, it creates mm -hmm. this whole different dynamic and meaning to work instead of like, this is your role and this is your role and this is your role. And like, you know, like that just isn't, that's just not modern work. Mm -hmm. um, but people are still being plugged into that. Yeah. Um, it's because they're they're dealing with managers and or companies that have an old way of thinking. And my son would say they don't have a they have a fixed mindset. They don't have a growth mindset. And he's six. Um, he well, the, the funny. I have to share this story. So he when he was four, I was having this conversation with his father, and he told us that 
it's a fixed mindset. And I was like, where did he get that from? Apparently they teach him at school That's amazing. the difference between growth mindset and fixed mindset, which a lot of managers and people from nowadays could definitely use. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They teach him at school and yeah. it will be, it's taught in every class, in every class, they remind the kids to, it's okay to make mistakes, mistakes, as long as you learn from that. And when you're learning, you're growing and you're building your growth mindset. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, one other, one other thing I really wanted, I wanted to touch on is that um, I want work to move in a direction of autonomy. Mm. Uh, and I think like, yeah, I, I really, autonomy is a trust builder. It, it, it conveys that I trust you to get yeah. your stuff done. Like we're, we're adults. Like yeah. we, we have put in a lot of time and some of us have spent a lot of money to get to the place that we're at. And we need to be trusted to mm -hmm. do the work that we're equipped to do that yeah. you hired us to do yeah. and to give us some space. Um, yeah. Because it just like that behavior alone without words yeah. tells so much and it, and it conveys this feeling of trust that like we really need. Um, micromanaging makes you feel yeah. Yeah. Instead of micromanaging, let's let's put autonomy and mentoring into mm. the same mixer. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's a big component of like modern work. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then like on the employer branding front, like what I want to see, like this is what I want to see right now. Like mm -hmm. I just, like this is the opportunity for, for storytelling. Like storytelling is getting its like, it's like, uh, whatever just time to shine. I don't know. Like I, I'm not phrasing that properly, but like, I mean, this is the time to tell really amazing stories. Um, mm -hmm. and I just want employer branding to continue moving in that direction where yeah. it's like, there's a variety of stories to tell, figure out what your market wants and just tell the stories that are going to connect with them. And, and what I also wanted to add is um, there are different ways of telling your story. So you can tell your story visual, you can tell oh, sure. your story with wording, but you can also, I'm a fan of podcasting and you could also tell your story by audio so that they can at least get to know the company, get to know the people and hear the authenticity and the tone of voice yeah. of the yeah. company. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's so many mediums now mm -hmm. um, that I think it's, that's just what, what people want is they mm -hmm. want to know. Um, and I think like companies now are in a position where they are like redefining who they are. Yeah. And some of these like really human stories are starting to surface. And yeah. I just like want companies to like be brave enough to tell those stories because mm -hmm. um it's ultimately what's going to like differentiate and like re it's going like, to be a deal breaker more. or a deal maker. Right. Yeah. 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 But it's exciting. It's like very exciting. Um, yeah. so. Thank you. You're I, welcome. the time flew and I really enjoyed everything that you shared and I hope that the viewers enjoyed it as well. Um, <laughs> if you have some questions or some things to share afterwards, just share them, you know, in whatever platform you want to share them. And I'll definitely reach out to Nate and uh, Nate. 
I would like to say thank you for being honest, but also sharing your insights of changing the way we should look at employer branding and um, and the culture, culture branding. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for having yes. me Yes, you're welcome. And I'm just going to finish up, but please stay just a few yeah. minutes. So um, I'm just going to finish up and then I'll uh, chat with you just a few minutes. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. no problem. So um, I have a few things to share, just a few minutes. So there is this workshop that I'm doing, uh, online workshop regarding pump up the jam at remote work. Um, there will be a manager's edition and a uh, employee's edition where I will share um, some healthy tips about working remote from home. Um, next upcoming Thursday, I have uh, this special lady, Angela Loy. We're going to talk about behind the scenes, the growth. And Angela is a very special person for me because she is my personal and business accountability partner. And this is going to be Ask Us Everything. So definitely tune in. It will be in Dutch, but hopefully maybe in the time, in the um, maybe later on, she will do an English version. I'll see where we go from there. So. Thank you for watching. This was, uh, I am Vivian Aqua with Let's Humanize the Workplace. And I hope that you're staying safe. I hope that you're staying strong and uh, please keep your distance. Thank you for watching and until next time, bye.